listening to Upside Down Trodden, turning power inside out never sounded so good. I am Scott Mullen, and with me as always is Sean Namini. Happy episode 135, Scott. Happy episode 135 to you. Good job, guys. Calls for a celebration. You got it. What do you get for the 135th anniversary? Because we're going to break it down. Each episode is its own anniversary. It's like the unbirthdays in Alice. Is it like granite? You know, or is it uh, limestone? <laughs> like, what is it? You know, 50 is, is gold, 75 is platinum. Yeah, yeah. Rotted timber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what are those beans that those monkeys shit out that make the really expensive coffee that Jesse was talking about back on episode oh, 131? I thought it was ele- don't elephant shit out. Or maybe it's elephant coffee? shit. Is it ele- happy elephant shit 135, Sean? <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. What's new in your world? Well, you know, I got, I, ha- I just have to say I got to do something different because uh, I, I'm, I'm helping out with the basketball team at school, and uh, we kind of, I was taking over practice for a while. We kind of alternate sometimes because of scheduling, and I was going to run with them. Surely you can't be serious. Okay. You know, like to get out there with them and run uh, the, the sprints with them. The Very good. Suicides. You know, right. Baseline free throw, baseline half court, baseline three quarter court. Who do you and, think you know, you're fooling? Yeah, yeah, right, sure. Brother. I guess this guy is falling. Hey, we've heard it all before. Because if, because if old man Amity can do it, what's your excuse? Freeze on yeah, and I just I'm looking. I need the exercise. I know that, so I did it. And and two things. One thing. One of the kids. It just was like he was jogging past me at a rate that was like, am I in slow motion? No kidding. Am I going in slow motion? And this uh, this kid is one of the fastest I've ever seen. So that was a little humbling because only Lauren Williams, in my experience, has anybody who'd like run a like straight away from me. <laughs> right. I'm I'm not the fastest person, but I can you know I can. You can move more than the average Joe, but I, can, the, the, I but could. It's same here. I used to. Oh, actually, can I just say your and my strength? I think is is endurance. Absolutely. So I can run average speed but i can run a very long time average speed but yeah we grew up with people that were way faster yeah so the the second thing is that uh in you know touching the lines and then getting back up into a sprint i experienced something that is new for me and that is the feeling of being unathletic and uncoordinated what i i that i i i felt like my arms and legs were not doing what they, I wanted them to, and I was like, "Hey guys, what's up?" And I was slow and blocky, and um, it was it was not okay with me. Wait, and is that have you ever felt that when you were younger? And, and no, I've always felt very comfortable on my feet, whether I'm dancing, whether I'm running, whether I'm jumping, or so. Or this spinning. is new. This is it's definitely totally new. new, and I don't like it at all. Okay, so is there any anything we should be aware of? Are you going to break some news here on the show? I mean, are you? I'm too old for this shit. No, I just, you know, I'm always trying to remain healthy, but I'm just going to try to kick it up. I might actually start waking up in the morning and exercising before my day begins. Oh, God, that's just, oh, God. You will fail. What a concept. Uh, That's an early start for anybody. Um, But, but, you know, the older we get, the harder we have to work for less results. And boy, do they stick around significantly less. Uh, they are gone as fast as you got them. Uh, but do you remember the days when you were like, you know, uh, in high school and you had the the double six-pack, right? The 12-pack. 
And you didn't even do anything for it. Like, and no. your body fat was like 3%. Well, but you did. You just, it wasn't specific. You were always like hiking to jump off some rocks and then hiking back up. Or we were playing basketball. True. I think we were just doing stuff. We were active. Just part of living. We were active. But like, yeah. you didn't have to like, like I am in, you know, I'm at the industrial strength gym here in Portland, Oregon. That's a free plug, Tony. Where's my discount? Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm doing kickboxing. This morning I did strength and conditioning for an hour. I was doing floor presses into squats, into into parallel chin-ups. Kettlebell. To have a kettlebell clock. I am like, Ugh! I mean, I can't punch the clock. And then I go and I look at the body. And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I got a little bit of this thing and that, you know. But I'm like, and I'm eating, you know, a lot healthier. And I stop eating like earlier in the night. And I go to bed with a growly tummy. I'm like, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You That's have to do so much for like significantly less results. Like, well, man, but when only, you're over only 30, at first. Oh. You can speed up your metabolism. And True. You can, and, and, and muscle mass is the best way to do that. And it's, sometimes it takes a long time to kick in but then it definitely kicks in. So we just have to try for longer and harder. That's all. Yeah, I guess that's about trying to be healthy. Oh, God! Oh, you spoiled the surprise. God, I don't want to give the show away. Uh, <laughs> and my uh, my little quick little check-in is a thanks to Mr. Will Parnell and the rest of the Quality Pacific Northwest fellas that ensured another terrific time at this year's Superior Man Winter. That's right, hey. listener. It's a twice-a-year thing. We have the Superior Man Weekend in the summer and the Superior us. Man Winter in, in uh, January. Some of us, yeah. Which In the winter is normally like the Portlandy crew, and then the the summer tends to be a California crew. But we may get a couple Portlanders that come down this summer. They were talking about it at least, great. so that would be great. We'll see, because I know you guys mix nicely. Um, but, and again, again, Superior Man! No, no, listen, listen. We're not saying men are better than women. In every category, what we're saying is that 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 we're talking about this group of guys is a superior group of guys. They're they're and, really and ever striving to be. Yeah, high quality, always working to be better, better themselves, better each other. That's what it's about. It's just about a little brotherhood, okay? Just let the guys have a little guy time. And thank you to my wife, by the way, for being totally cool with it. She's awesome. Um, so yeah, if I'm uh, I'm actually still trying to get the musty bourbon barbecue IPA stink that's off of me. I mean, it's been two days now. I've taken three showers and I still have <laughs> just like be sweating it out. Missed, yeah. But yeah, now oh, I'm sure whoever was like working next to me today was like, "My God, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a kitchen," you know? Yeah. Anyway, but I it's it's um, I think I think though as we get into the show a little bit and we talk a little bit more about health, I think it's okay to have a little fun too, right? You got to blow off some steam. Uh, whatever that is that, that you Every, need to do to do all it. All things in moderation. I wish you could just shut your big yapper! Thank you. All right. UpsideDownTrodden.com. That is the website, UpsideDownTrodden at gmail.com. That's how you can email us if you don't want to just go to the site. <laughs> uh, when you're there, just check out the gear page. Uh, right now, when you visit the gear page, you select the super cool, responsibly made t-shirt of your choice during the checkout process and a promo code SPRING. When you do, your shirt will spring from our factory direct to your doorstep with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. The cost to ship your shirt is on us, or at least Sean. I'm not going to pay for that. He's a stand-up guy, okay? And he'll pick up the tab. But this offer won't last long, so spring into action and order your Upside Down Tron t-shirt today. Uh, you know we're on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button and rate the show already. We're on KBOO. You love them. KBOO.fm slash Upside Down Tron. Give them a listen, looky too. Uh, the YouTube channel, of course. Uh, the short answer, alive and well. Yes! 
That's awesome. Every month, a short answer will present you with a question. Think critically, feel deeply, and answer the question. You post your answer on the community bulletin board at UpsideDownTron.com. The best answers will receive some pretty cool stuff, free t-shirts, gear discounts, and of course, that famed Upside Downtron autograph uh, of me and Sean. You want it, frame it, put it on your uh, wall above your bed. You can kiss it at night. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know who, who would you, do it. Or you can throw stuff at it. Yeah, we're throw looking at you, Garson Daly. We know you want it. Uh, talk about a collector's item, right? So visit the YouTube channel today. Search for Upside Downtron and we'll pop right up. Watch the short answer video. Post your answer on the UpsideDownTron.com community bulletin board by the 15th of the month. Follow us on Twitter at TalkIntoAction to find out if you're a winner. I mean, we already know you're a winner, but you know what I mean. Okay, fine. And the Politicus. We love them. Damon Cherry, editor-in-chief. He's awesome. He does great work. Uh, they've always got awesome, engaging content. And as per usual on this show, we want to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, Sean, I understand you've got a Politicus article you want to share with us. I do, and it comes from Tom Deegan, January 2016, talking about the stinky water in Flint. Oh, my God, this story. Yeah, and, and if you haven't heard about it, Man, it just is is a clusterfuck from beginning to end, and not just by mistakes. It's by it's by cover and yeah, malfeasance at yes. the highest level. Yes. So uh, check out uh, Tom Deegan about the stinky water in Flint and uh, more at the Politicus. Yeah, and uh, if you want to be a part of that, you can. You can write for them. So just go to thepoliticus.com, click the Join Us tab, set up your account, and start writing your original content today. You'll be blogging in no time. And uh, maybe even Mr. Damon Cherry will give you a little shout-out, too, if you're good at what you do. And as far as you're concerned, unless you're scripted, you're useless. Uh, And, of course, the sponsor, uh, Drink for Good. Uh, give them some love, will ya? They've got cause bottles and cool apparel. Uh, proceeds from each sale benefit a different charity of your choosing. And since they are the sponsor of the show, they give us a little kickback too. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Want to get in on the action? We know you do. So go to drinkforgood.com, select your cause bottles and your other items that you want to purchase. And when you're done shopping, enter the promo code SAVE15 during step two of checkout and you will save 15% off your order. Praise be to Drink For Good. We love them so much. Thank you. Visit drinkforgood.com today. You say we gain, everyone wins. Sean, the guest just really charity cause endeavor. I understand you've got that for us as well. You've done a lot of homework for the show. I always do the bare minimum of my homework assigned. <laughs> <laughs> well done. C+. Plus. That, that was good for me. I, would, I, I took those uh, many, many times. Hey, that's a passing that. grade, man. 70% is passing. Well, we've got the Worldwide Mental Health Initiatives at wmhi.org and it's and uh you know there's there's all sorts of things you can find on here you can uh you can get involved you can check out what they're doing you can uh they have resources for you uh but here's what they do they work with developing countries government and medical communities to create successful mental health training seminars wmhi is working towards establishing training seminars in these regions to raise awareness and train local healthcare providers to better diagnose and treat mental illness so the first initiatives, they have the Bangladesh Initiative. So it's their first effort in Southeast Asia. Mm. And, hey, how about the United States? Do you think we have struggle for mental health here? Uh-huh. Absolutely. But this time they're targeting um, rural Montana's Native American population. And their goal is to host a one-day-long seminar in each of those regions, uh, Chicago and rural Montana, that involving local community leaders, learning institutions, and healthcare communities. So they have a, a special guest speaker there as well. So you can check out Worldwide Mental Health Initiatives, WMHI.org, and support them because we sure do. Yeah, I love it. That's great. That's, that's fantastic. 
Uh, and that goes right into what we are talking about. We already told you. We try to keep it a secret, but I I can't keep my fucking mouth shut. Health, baby. Health. That's a, and and what what does that even mean? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. To us, it means all aspects of health. Mental, emotional, and physical. And we'll get into that. Calm down. Keep your pants on. Oh. Uh, Sorry. And also, we mean individual and collective health, the body and the social structure. We mean your immune system and your ecosystem, because both are under constant attack. The WHO defines health as not merely the absence of illness or disease, common misconception, but the state of complete social, mental, and physical well-being. Thank you, WHO, World Health Organization. So how can we apply this definition to individuals and systems? I think if we all focus on these aspects of individual and collective health, perhaps we can actually have thriving individuals and institutions. One thing is certain, Scott, the path we are on, on all health fronts, is a path to misery and destruction. Very unhealthy. No pressure. <laughs> so we don't have to do anything, right? We don't. We can totally just phone this one in, too? No, this is a big deal. Oh, God damn it. And and I, I I notice as I look at our program here, it's kind of like you covered the micro, the individual. It's what I do so well, very well, and I think I covered the macro, and that's kind of indicative of our of both, all of our efforts of of what we do everywhere, you know. Um, so I like where you're going, and I like I like and how about I bring it up in the rear, you know? Whoa, <laughs> whoa! I I don't know if that's very healthy. I'm, I guess it could be. I mean, you know, if you take proper precaution, I mean. Any fantasy is a good fantasy, provided <laughs> nobody gets hurt. Thank you, Dr. Ruth. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, okay, so let's expand on that. What does it mean to be healthy anyway? That is like the $64,000 question, and maybe with, uh, I don't know, uh, inflation, it's got to be at least up to $328,000. Uh, so Julie Beck over at TheAtlantic.com posed that question. Even if a perfect working knowledge of the human body and brain were bestowed on us tomorrow, there would still be unknowns in the realm of health. Outbreaks and evolving bacteria, how to get people to care that they need care. What does that mean? What new health threats will be brought on by the changing climate? That's happening. You may not believe it, but it is happening. (laughs) These are some of the topics being discussed at the Aspen Ideas Festival Spotlight. Hey, remember the show that we did about ideas and we plugged the Aspen Ideas Festival? Goddamn right. Well, let's put these two together. Now, what a great idea. It's trying to solve the problem of health. Blah, 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 blah. That's a great way, way to use the ideas Atlantic. for good. Anyway, so I just was excited. I saw that. I was like, oh, well, no, I have to talk about this article. I don't care how shitty it is. But it's not. Julie Beck is a good article. Uh, so anyway, plenty of questions about the mind and body, too. Since our knowledge, though much improved from the days of bloodletting and accusing every woman of hysteria. Some people call those the good old days. They <laughs> sure do. <laughs> Looking at you, Mississippi. That's not fair. That's not fair. Actually, there's a lot of really great people from Mississippi. Okay, and there's a really lot of crappy people from where I live too. So I'm just, I'm just. Can I just, God damn it, just say it anyway? How to be healthy is one of life's big questions, and it can be taken a lot of different ways. It can mean how do I extend the shelf life of this meat sack that I inhabit for as long as possible? Our body. I love that. And again, Carrie Fisher. Meat and bone sack. Meat and bones. That's right. And a lot of people were sweating Carrie Fisher. I think I said about this for the whole Star Wars thing. And she's like, uh, my body is my brain bag. Does it really matter? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, or it can mean, you know, how do I kill this organism that's trying to kill me? Or it can mean, how do I get through this one day with my sanity and my sense of self intact? Boy, do we have those days. Sometimes I think, and this is Julie talking, it just means, how can I be okay with not having all the answers? Which is really interesting. So the article kind of plays with this. Like, what does it mean? But also, like, 
are we okay not knowing everything? And is there some room for that? Um, and I think that there is. But what does it mean to be healthy anyway? It seems like, again, Sean, micro macro, the micro level is very personal. Very. You know, like how I would define a healthy life is going to be different even than how Sean would define a healthy life. But I think what we hear most of from a lot of different people in a lot of different places is that it can't just be a one prong approach. It's got to be a multiple prong approach. And it's got to be something that takes every component into account. You know what I mean? Oh, you're sleeping, you're eating, uh, your activity level, um, your stress level, like in, in stress. Your relationships. Well, what is, you're, yeah, exactly. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the other person that you're interacting with? There's just like limitless, you know, possibilities of how we all affect each other and we can affect each other for better or we also can affect each other for worse. Yeah. And what you're when, what you're talking about there makes me think of a golf example where there are certain things that you should always try to do in a golf swing. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. And then any good teacher has to take into account uh, a person's sort of own fingerprint. And so what a good golf teacher does is try to take the things that everybody needs to do and work them into your specific swing style and your body style and body shape. You know, if you're if you're five foot ten and a little pudgy, getting to a, the same point with a golf club is going to be different than if you're six foot six and super long and skinny. But so so when it comes to health, you know, you need to relieve stress. OK, to your point, everybody's going to do that in a different way. But relieving stress is the key. And you need to uh, eat foods that work with your palate and, and that are healthy, but also that, that uh, are, are not going to hurt you and the planet, the, the macro uh, health that, that, we're, that we're talking about and that we're going to get to. So I, I, I like what you were saying, that it's something that has to be individualized. And you, you have to take whatever it is, any plan that somebody provides to you and, and, and you gotta uh, adjust it. you got to modify that. you got to adjust yeah, for yourself. Yeah, usnews.com uh, had a whole health blog about this uh, with like several popular trends uh, with regard to health that aren't necessarily making you a healthier person per se. I'd sign on to a lot of these. Like so food elimination. You know, like there's some schools of thought out there like, you know, eliminating certain types of foods or what you eat. You know, okay. You know, should you be having like, you know, eight, nine, ten Big Macs through the course of one day? Probably not. But this idea about avoiding certain things, you know, like gluten-free. Okay, so gluten, which is just a protein, basically. If you have celiac... Oh, but no, that if South Park is right, though, if you eat too much gluten, it's going to make your dick shoot off and, and explode. <laughs> I didn't see That's that episode. Does. Was it good? I'm sure <laughs> no. it was. What am I asking? Of course it was good. It was probably fucking hilarious. But yeah, this is just like, you know, a fad. It really is. If, now, no, if you have celiac disease and, you have an, and you're truly, you know, medically, you know, physiologically intolerant, that's one thing. But... The problem is that for every person that legitimately has a claim about having an issue with gluten, there's 99 people that say they do but that don't. You know, so there's this like craze or fad or like overtaking uh, conventional wisdom. Fad diets are right. That's like, source. oh, I can't. Oh, you remember that? Like the Atkins diet was like, you can eat burgers, cheese, bacon, just don't touch fucking bread. Never, never touch bread of any kind. What if it's like whole grain? No, it's still the Antichrist. And so people did. They went into like ketosis and they burned off a lot of fat and then they all killed over from heart attacks because their arteries were clogged. Many sports physiologists uh, put if you're an active person to, to, to kind of counter the Atkins diet, 60% of your calories should come from carbohydrates if you're an active person because oh, yeah. carbohydrates are the most easily uh, and functionally turned into energy. That's why they're a problem. If you're not active, then they're also the easily, easy, most easily Go to fat. stored yeah. into fat, your, right. your health stores. 
And, and then about 20% from fats and then about 12% from proteins. And then even the type of carbs, right? Like, cause not all carbs right, are absolutely. pretty equal, right? You can That's get right. carbs from a bag of chips or you can get carbs from like really like healthy, clean, you know, toast. Like Dave's 21 whole grain toast. This is like my new fat. That's why I'm all over this toast. My new fat, <laughs> my new craze. And I don't put any butter on it. And I love it. It's like crunchy and it's great and it's all whole grain. But, you know, quinoa, you know, you can do like um, yeah, brown rice, awesome. organic brown rice. There's like a million like really healthy, good carbs. You can get carbs from vegetables too. That's right. There's tons of carbs in vegetables, good carbs, like high quality carbs. And so if you are active, but you're trying to do this Atkins diet, then you're going to lack energy and you're going to underperform and you won't maintain the training effect that you need to maintain. While you're talking to a dietitian, as Scott suggested, maybe you should talk to a trainer. Yeah, and again, uh, what I'm going to go into next, which is probably one of the biggest barriers, and actually, according to uh, HuffPost, this is the single biggest threat to health and happiness. Um, the government. <laughs> right. Uh, gays. Um, <laughs> and this is from Carolyn uh, Gregoire uh, back in 2014. And I, I'm inclined to believe that not much has changed on this front, unfortunately. We cannot hope to win the fight against poverty without tackling inequality, said Oxfam's executive director, Winnie Bayanima, in a statement. With this in mind, it's important to consider literally how the other half lives, right? It might be hard to talk to a dietitian or a trainer, right, if you don't have a little extra coin or access, but there's ways around that. Um, instead of moving forward together, people are increasingly separated by economic and political power, inevitably heightening social tensions and increasing the risk of societal breakdown. Now, here's where it gets to our topic for this show. There are health consequences to this as well. Socioeconomic, socioeconomic status is a significant predictor of physical and mental health outcomes, not to mention overall well-being. And the many God links between right. poverty and poor health are a rising public health concern. Everybody should be concerned. Sean talked about the World Health Organization earlier in the show. The WHO called poverty the world's biggest killer and the greatest cause of ill health and suffering. What say you, Sean? I totally agree. And I've, I've talked about it before. You know, I've, I've taught in many schools where poverty is an issue. And there are a lot of kids who would, if they grew up in a different environment, would be beautiful, talented, um, yeah, thriving individuals. And it's, it's the, at the center of all of that is, is poverty. And, and it's good that they mentioned also mental health, not just physical health, because for, for people experiencing poverty, it's all three of those that are lacking. And, you know, we talked about the mental, the emotional, uh, the physical. And if any one of those is lacking, it affects the other two. Absolutely. Or two are lacking, they they, they actually... work in concert for the better or right. they work in concert for the worse. I like better so, or worse today, apparently. Right. So if you're struggling to, to make all three of those areas uh, healthy for yourself, then man, what a life! What a life! And, and 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 if you haven't ever experienced it, well, then stop fucking judging it because it is not easy. And think about you know yourself, listener, and when you have struggled with physical issues, health issues, or mental, you know, your brain's not working the way it's supposed to, or emotional health issues, and it makes doing things like going to work, getting a job, having a healthy relationship, it makes it difficult. So let's not judge those people because. Uh, it is it is a huge issue, and I, I and I and I watch it every day. Yeah, you know we can't all we, we can't really talk about health too if we if we at least in the states or don't talk about health care. And I know that there are a variety of different ways to get health care. Um, but one thing that at least all the industrialized nations have in common is that everybody has health care coverage and. 
um, you, you know, even somebody that, that, you know, is in between jobs or somebody that, you know, is earning uh, money below the poverty line, you know, or that maybe, you know, doesn't have a job yet, but they're trying to get, you know, or what, you know, it doesn't matter if you live here and you're part of the, you know, society, you have coverage because we know, A, it's the right thing to do. Not here in the States yet. We're still trying to figure that out. But B, then also uh, we can actually save more money if we get everybody in the pool up front. And if we just, hey, you're here, you're going to get coverage. Now, let's say you, uh, you know, want to go and get plastic surgery. And it's not cosmetic. It's not like reconstructive surgery. Like, you know, if you had breast cancer and you had a mastectomy and you wanted to have, okay, you know, that should be covered. Absolutely. But like, if I'm like an insecure actor, like I am, and I go, oh, I've got this Roman nose, you know, and I've had it my whole life. And I'd like to just get that Jared Leto nose if I could. And I go to see a, you know, a plastic surgeon. I'm like, yeah, sure, you bet. For 120 grand, we can do this thing and make you look okay. I don't think anybody else should pay for that. I think that that should be my fucking dime. So at the very least, though, if I'm sick and I need the care of a physician, you know, everybody's got that basic level coverage. This is when they say like Cadillac coverage. That's a term you hear a lot. Like if you want to ramp up and add more to it and pay out of pocket for something that's like, do it, do it, go right ahead. But if you don't have the means. You should at least get your basic coverage. And it doesn't matter where you go. If you are a citizen in that particular country, you walk in, you give them your fucking card, and here it would be the social security card. And, hey, the hospital's already pre-negotiated single payer. That means one payer the government pays. you know, And that that is a better way, I think, to solve this problem currently with 350 million people uh, than what we have now, which is still this hybrid for-profit private system that is, I guess, better technically because there's more people that have coverage. But at the same time, uh, it's really fucking expensive. If, it, if this is a, a gimme to the big, uh, big healthcare companies that are for profit, WellPoint, uh, Blue mm-hmm. Shield, Aetna, you know, Blue Cross, like Blue these, Cross, this, right. these are like, they're, it's a gimme. They love the affordable health. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, you know, the thing that's interesting about candidate Bernie Sanders. Uh, and he's and he's been seeking, sing, singing this song for as long as he's been in office. You know, it's not just because it's a, a general election this year and he's running for president. Right. Um, but this idea of, of Medicare for all, which is another way of saying universal coverage or single payer. And I know that people, when they talk about those terms, there's varying differences in what they mean. But for our purposes, it would mean every single American, whether you're a baby or whether you're 104, like my grandma's going to be this year, you got coverage. Now, if my grandma wanted to be in a facility that wasn't a basic facility and wanted to be in an extra nice facility with one-on-one nursing around the clock, okay, then you need to pay more for that. You know, and if you have the means, great. But if you don't, like Chris Rock says, I'm gonna hey, you know what the difference is between healthcare or not? Yeah, we're all gonna die, but I'm gonna die on a mattress. Well, and I and I, I you know, um as Chomsky always said, words mean what they mean. And when you say the, the government pays for it, I think I'd like to reframe that. For all of us and say we pay for that because the government gets money from us and we either allow them to spend it on what they want or we determine yes uh, yes we've all paid we've taxes. all paid into it and we then the it. single payer that is holding the money that cuts the checks would be would be coming from the government that is essentially funded yes. of course by all of us but we are all agreeing to say that your health our health my health matters health, everybody's health matters enough right. that we will Take, take it as a society to say that we will fund that. And I don't think that there, there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything unchristian or unmuslim or unbuddhist like about that. Absolutely not. I, I, I think that everybody wins and benefits, and it's something that we decide as a society. And it, it works. I mean, Medicare's never missed a payment. Social Security's never missed a payment. It works. If you set it up, protect it, and design it as such, because that's your value system, we can do it. And we and, and study after study, Without I don't care where you, where you pull your stats— 
they all say if you do that, you're actually going to cut costs. Because even still now, with the remnants of the old system, you know, with people that are forced to have some level of coverage, but they're not getting the full coverage they need, and they're still avoiding their doctor because maybe the only type of plan that they could get is one that has a really big, heavy, you know, copay because they wanted to keep premiums down. They're avoiding the doctor, so still some people are coming into the emergency room, which is fucking so expensive. It just it screws everybody, and whether they can pay or not, well, if they can't pay, then we pay. All of us. So if we're just, again, right. the, the ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure. If we're just all getting in ahead of time and we're encouraging prevention, right? If we're living a healthy lifestyle and we, what was that? I think Morgan Spurlock interviewed a gym teacher in uh, Supersize Me when he's like, we don't have health care. We have sick care, right? We just react to it. We, right. We're not thinking about getting right. ahead of it or, you know, prehab, not rehab. It's prehab. Like, what can I do to start conditioning my muscles and my body and my mind to stay healthy? I want to train them that this is the norm, not the other way around, that, right. that the illness is the norm. You know, if we if we even move just a nano step towards that, we're saving money. If all you think about is money, we're saving money going this route. But anyway, so Bernie Sanders on his site uh, was talking about this Medicare for all leaving no one behind. Right? That's what Marine... No Marine leaves a Marine behind! Okay. Well, how about taking <laughs> that same... Unless he can't pay for his own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You Marine! Yes! Over there that just got your leg blown off that would like to get over to the chopper over here. Yes. From your own bootstrap, you must stand <laughs> up on your one leg and hop over... No, it's like you go over, you fucking... Man no, down. You, man down. Nobody leaves anybody behind. Nobody's left behind. Everybody comes home. Everybody comes home. So why can't we you have that go, philosophy here? Go, leaving no one behind. And I'll just tell you a little bit about this is from Bernie's site. It's been the goal of the Democrats since Franklin D. Roosevelt to create a universal health care system guaranteeing health care to all people. Every other major industrialized nation has done so. Sean and I have talked about that ad nauseum. It is time for this country to join them and fulfill the legacy of FDR, Harry Truman, Lyndon B. Johnson, and other great Democrats that also have a shitty parts of their history too. But but we were talking about the healthcare angle. So the Affordable Health Care Act was a critically important step towards the goal of universal health care. Thanks to the ACA, more than 17 million Americans have gained health insurance. Millions of low-income Americans have coverage uh, through expanded eligibility for Medicaid, which is another government system for, for people that are below the poverty line that are, that are struggling to make ends meet. So it's, Medicare, as it is now, is you know, like 65 and over. Medicaid, on a state-by-state basis, it's a little bit different, but it's like if you are you know low-income but you need health care, there's a program there. And some fucking douchebag Republican... Governors did not take the, the federal money to expand it in their state, which is so stupid, but that's Take all moves. that's politics, but whatever. That's it. So young adults can stay on their parents' plans till they're 26. This is all from the ACA, right? Americans can benefit from increased protections against lifetime coverages uh, and exclusion from coverage because of pre-existing conditions. That was one of the good things about the ACA. Uh, but as we move forward, we must build upon the success of the ACA to achieve the goal of universal health care. 29 million Americans today still do not have health insurance with the, the Affordable Care Act. And millions more are under, underinsured and cannot afford the high co-payments and deductibles charged by private for-profit health insurance companies that, again, they put profits before people. And another little bit more about this. U.S. spends more on health care per person as a percentage of gross domestic product than any other advanced nation in the world. This includes Australia, Canada, Denmark, France, Germany, Japan, New Zealand, the UK. But all that money has not made Americans healthier than the rest of the world, quite simply, in our high-priced healthcare system that we currently have now that also leaves millions overlooked. We spend more than anybody else but actually end up with less, Sean. 
Help me. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what else we can say or could be said. Uh, it just kind of, we. it needs to start small, and, and the right information needs to get to the right people who are operating under faulty information uh, and propaganda on behalf of the profiteers that run the system now. And uh, if, if you don't, don't take our word for it, do the research yourself. Look at the 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 satisfaction rates in, at, of the healthcare system in the countries that have universal payer and look at the satisfaction rates in ours and you'll find that theirs are probably higher. Oh, they are uh, higher. That's a fact. Right. And last little cherry on top from Bernie Sanders, uh, Americans will benefit from the freedom and security that comes with finally separating health insurance from employment. This is a big move with this. This has Absolutely. nothing to do with your employer. I wanted to add this in here. The freedom would come. Uh, it would not only help the American people live happier, healthier, and more fulfilling lives, but it would also promote innovation and entrepreneurship. Hello, the conservatives on the other end. That's shit you love, right? In every sector of the economy, people will be able to start new businesses, stay at home with the children, leave jobs that they don't like, knowing that they would still have health care coverage for themselves and their families. Employers could be free to focus on running their businesses rather than spending countless hours and money, by the way, figuring out how to provide health insurance to employers or to employees because it's mandated. Working Americans wouldn't have to choose between bargaining for higher wages or better health insurance. Parents wouldn't have to worry about how to provide health insurance to their children. Americans would no longer have the fear of losing their health insurance if they lose their job, change employment, or decide to go part-time because maybe they want to start their own thing. So they ramp down to 20 hours a week at a job that they don't really like, but they, you know, I got coverage. Right. I, I'm not going to fucking, you know, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I'm okay. And now I'm going to take some of my capital and my labor and my time and really work on being what it is that I want to be and doing what I want to do. And I want to start my own fucking business. Seniors and people with serious or chronic illnesses could afford the medications necessary to keep them healthy without worry of financial ruin. Millions of people with no, would no longer have to choose between health care and other necessities like food, heat, shelter. That's disgusting. In this, There should be no choice. Everyone should have these basic needs met. And they'll have access to services that may have just been out of reach, like dental care or long-term care. That's all part Vision. of the program. Because, by the way, are your teeth in your head? Is your head part of your body? Then it's health care. Right. It's, it's only been – it's that's like uh, the NCAA. Oh, they are um, student athletes. Right. No, they're not. They're employees. They right. generate income for you, right? They provide a service. Okay, they're employees. But if I ch- if I have the premise that, oh, dental is separate, says who? Right. right. I, last time I checked says also – somebody who wants to profit off of You bet. Health. That's exactly why. It's the only reason why. But last time I checked too, any self-respecting cardiologist – you don't even – general prac for that matter. Excuse me. If I don't take care of my teeth, does that have a negative effect on my overall health? Uh, yeah, it does. Actually, if you don't take care of your teeth, you're more inclined to get heart disease. Who would have ever guessed? They're so connected. But flossing and brushing and making sure you have healthy gums and teeth, instrumental to your overall well-being and healthier body. This is just, it's just a no-brainer. It's like so much harder for the bullshit artists of the world that are paid handsomely to try to make you think you want the shitty ACA and you wanted the shittier, shittier thing that we had before the ACA that somehow that's still good for us. Right. I, I have burned so many fucking hours on the phone with healthcare.gov, <laughs> which is a mess. Oh, wait, so hold on, wait a minute. You say healthcare.gov is a mess and that you want single payer and the government's gonna, yeah. The reason it's a mess right, and nobody right. understands it is because, to Sean's point, somebody's still making money off of it. Right. If there's no profit motive, and if it's, here's the card, it's all negotiated, here's how it's paid, I don't have to worry about it. Everybody does That's the right. same fucking thing. The, the, the bells and whistles and confusion and catch-22s and 10,000 pages of this and that is because in order for someone to make money, they have to add all that shit there. 
that debt goes away. So do the marketing costs. So does the overhead. Now we're just providing care. This is just one area. This is just such a no-brainer. Healthcare for me, it's such a no-brainer. It's like no profit. We can profit on other areas. This one, we don't need it. Anyway. All right. So, you know, uh, we got to talk to somebody about this because this this uh, we could use some reinforcement here and we could use some uh, additional perspective. So, um, Sean, let's talk to uh, a little somebody from a site called Lil Pick Me Up. Her name's Sonia Estevio. She's awesome. Um, let's see what she has to say. I'm always a flop at the top notch affair. Well, I've still got my health, so what do I care? My best ring, alas, is a glass solitaire. Well, I've still got my health, so what do I care? Our guest is a blogger extraordinaire. She oversees the Lil Pick Me Up website, which you can explore at lilpickmeup.com. That's L-I-L-P-I-C-K-M-E-U-P.com. She boasts a MA in TV, radio, and film from SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. A BA in film production with a minor in creative writing from Cal State University, Long Beach. Work as a project manager, writer, and producer for Villanova University. And some good old-fashioned GLE, genuine life experience being a former news reporter and journalist. She's a filmmaker, documentarian, producer, and overall creative soul who believes in the power of the mind to manifest abundance in our lives. Sounds like a healthy approach to me, Sean. Let's give a warm upside-down trot and welcome to Sonia Estevio. Sonia, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to speak with us. Hi, Sonia. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, we're talking about health. So what does health mean to you, and why is it important? I think because um, I started a little pick-me-up originally having um, a personal ongoing battle with depression, and I've gone through all these different sites on depression only to find that so many people, they just write about all the really gloomy, dark days of how depressed they are, and and I just feel... and. I thought to myself, you know, that's not really helpful for somebody who's who deals with it on a daily day, you know, daily basis. And why not? And I just kept scouring the net. And I was just like, there's really not a lot of positive sites that are about, you know, how do you combat that? How do you there's got to be people that have overcome it. And as Health to me is a is a three tier approach. It's mental, physical, and spiritual. I'm not really religious, but I'm a spiritual person, and I felt like you know what, if I'm struggling with these things and I need a little pick me up, I know that these words are encouraging me. They're they're bound to encourage other people, and I and I think that I think that health is um all three if if you if you run like crazy and exercise at the gym but you're not you're mentally weak you're spiritually weak you're off balance i i think you have to like check every area does that make sense oh absolutely yeah so it's, it's more than just taking like vitamins or just going to the gym and doing a couple of curls like it's it's a it's a all-in-one physical psychological emotional everything spiritual and I think that that kind of works with people who are depressed or just whatever. I mean, if you take psychotropics, it's not enough just to take a psychotropic. You also have to um, exercise. And people think, well, oh, I- I'm fine now. And then they'll stop taking that- their medication because they think that they were cured. But no, it was because 
you might have a chemical amount and maybe the medication was helping, but it's not even just the medication. I mean, I'm not a big proponent of medic. I mean, that could be debatable too, like, cause some people are really all about organic and, and like just be all herbs. And right. Everything. There's a couple of schools of thought out there on that, but, so but different debatable things here. But to your point with regard to, to, to chemical though, even like if I eat food, you know, that there, depending on what I'm eating, there's chemicals in there that are going to be affecting me. So if I'm eating a bunch of junk food all day long, that's going to have a profound effect on my overall health and well-being. Just like if I'm eating something that's really healthy and organic, that's going to have a more positive effect. So, so to your point, and whether we're talking about pills or food that we eat or, you know, uh, what kind of environment that you live in, right, that also affects this is this health is like this huge, big overarching thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that People, I mean, especially when you're dealing with, um, you know, even even when, you know, I used to live in New York, um, talk about weather, uh, upstate New York, where it's super cold. And, you know, during this during, during the summer, it's it's totally nice and great. I lived in Colorado Springs, too. One of the top um, Colorado is one of the number one cities, um, one of number one states in the country as far as like they have the most healthiest people there. I mean, I used to have got, I used to see 60 year old men like running up the mountain, running past me that was shredded with a six pack in, was, uh, in, in garden of the gods. Yeah. Colorado Springs <laughs> with, with, uh, up, up the, um, Pikes the, Peak. Uh, the Pikes Peak in the mountain. Yeah. I hiked Pikes Peak. Oh, that's crazy. I, I spent my freshman year in high school there. I went to a school called Fountain Valley, which is, uh, just school out, for bad kids. Yeah. Like thank Scott. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Uh, uh, but, uh, th yeah, one of the best things about it was, yeah, well, it was cold in winter for sure, but, but that proximity to nature and being right there, which was pretty special. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it was super, it was beautiful. It was neat. Right. The nature was great. But the thing is talking about seasonal depression. I mean, like it, it, you know, when you're, when the, I mean, just when you're around sunny weather, like Southern California, I'm in Southern California now, it's completely different, but when you're out in those places, I mean, it's just a health is you have to, you have to work on it every day. It's not enough just to take vitamin D or, or take an extra dose of vitamin D or take your vitamins or, or, or take a medication, a, a psychotropic medication, if you have to take it for an imbalance. But I mean, it's, it's exercise. It's also work. It's also dealing with the environment that's around you. And, avoid, and avoiding Portland, Oregon in December 2015, where we set a record for 25 straight days of rain. I'm not making that up. So that might have been a little bit of a, a little bit of a downer. And, and I think I definitely felt that, too. Just speaking to your point. Depressing, you know, I, I, <laughs> it's, it was harsh. Yeah, the, second, the last five days was really tough. But see, I also think that um, I really be believe that if you're a transplant and you've moved to a state that you don't have family and your family is scattered all throughout the United States. My family is scattered throughout the United States. You have to kind of build a community. You're going to have to adopt. You learn to have friends in the area and maybe those friends have really good family and they invite you over for Thanksgiving because they know that you're not, your family isn't in town. And I think those things benefit your health as well because it's, it's that kind of support that you don't have. Absolutely. And speaking of people who, who had no support, uh, while in film school, uh, you spent a whole lot of time working with abused kids. Yeah. Uh, if you could, for us and for our listeners, share some of the lessons you learned specifically about emotional health 
because uh, I'm I'm a PE teacher. I I've studied health from the, those three perspectives. You know, uh, physical, emotional, and mental, meaning your cognition or your brain. So I I have a question for that for you afterwards. But those kids they struggle with all all of those areas. You know, they're physically they're 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 hurt. They're emotionally hurt or damaged. Uh, they probably don't have the best of diet, and so their health is compromised in all three areas, isn't it? Oh yeah, like um, I mean, like one of their biggest struggles talking about the holidays. Every time the holidays would come around, man, they the kids would get really like they would go off. I guess we consider we we would have to be on alert. I mean, they'd get really violent. But um, you know, it's the lack the lack of support, um, the lack of family. Um, then they're on. Then when they get into the system, what's interesting is like. When, they're, when they get into the system, they might not be on any kind of medication, but then, they after, but then afterwards they they did almost adopt. You get into the system maybe because you're, you know, and some of these kids, they came from affluent homes. Some of these kids, their parents hmm. were like millionaires, and but they just couldn't, their parents couldn't deal with them or whatever, so they became juveniles of the court. But regardless is that they end up adopting these negative habits from other kids that are around them in their environment and they almost become worse they almost end up worse at the end and end up actually taking more medication at the end but i learned that um i think the hardest part is being in the system um just i i worked with level 14 kids so they were the worst uh they were like right there right before they go to jail um, as a matter of fact, one of my, one of the, one of our, our clients, um, we found them and after he was released, right when he turned 17, he ended up in, um, on the news, he had stabbed somebody, um, to death and, and, uh, and then I, I, I ran into somebody, I mean, and, and, and as when you work with these kids, you, you sign an agreement that you're not allowed to contact them out out when they re, are released you're not allowed to have any contact and i would and i remember driving by and there was a kid she was homeless and she was pregnant and she was a client a previous client of ours and and and, and i don't know how you solve that um other than there's a fundamental problem with i mean family structure support for like mental health support um and oh and then prenatal health for for her and for her baby that's going to be lacking as well that's right yeah the health care health care wasn't that good back then i mean it's getting a little bit better now but um i think as far as health i think definitely mental health it makes it really hard i mean how do you how do you solve mental health when when um how, how do you solve it when you are when you come from a broken home I mean, it's different when you come from a good family and everything is per, I mean, then, then it's just easy to say, well, think positive and just <clears throat> snap out of it. Well, or, or yeah. And activate your, your access and your resources, right? If you, if you don't have that, you, you are fighting an uphill battle. I mean, you're already at a tremendous disadvantage. So this makes sense to me why you were thinking about pursuing a career in, in clinical psychology. I mean, you were at one point considering doing that, but then you ultimately decided against doing so. Why the change of heart on that? 
Well, I thought it was so hard, honestly, to be honest with you, psychology, man, I, I was in, I worked with these kids for about seven or eight years. And then I worked with women who were recovering from drugs and alcohol for a couple of years. And, and, um, and one of my last years was when I was working with, um, five-year-olds that were, extremely volatile i mean like where they have to be restrained um i mean it's one thing to restrain kids who are like 14 years old who are like hitting you and you're not allowed to hit them back because you're trained not to hit them back i mean right. i was spot on. i was spit on i had my hair pulled all this stuff you know but it's like you look you, you you're trained it was called part trained part p-a-r-t to restrain them in a, in a way that they're not physically hurting themselves or you or the staff. But when you're dealing with five-year-olds that are acting out of like, wow, like this is a five-year-old and they come from abused homes and stuff like that. After seven or eight years of this, it's, it's, it really takes a selfless person. It takes, you go in and you don't get a reward back. You, you do this and, but it's, it became draining. It really, sure. it's very draining. It became sure. really draining, and I was always creative, and you know, and I, and I initially wanted to pursue my creative field, but then there's a part of me that was like, you know what, I do have an interest in psychology, and so I did actually my job while paying for for film. That was my job, but I mean. It, it, it just it was just too much to be honest. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. It was. It was, wow, it, it takes a big heart. It takes a person. I think it takes a person that came from just, I mean, like, no one's perfect. No one has a perfect home. But it would it would take somebody with an extremely strong support system as far as their family. Everything is great. They have, they have close family nearby. They have like, they've been in the same city, the same town. They've grew up with people who, you know, their best friend is from 20 years is through the next door neighbor, that kind of thing. Very stable. A very, it, it takes an extremely stable, like individual to deal with that. And even then I saw some of these people, with the strongest families, they couldn't take it. I wonder if that's also part of always. There's always going to be another patient, so long as and here and this is a, this is something that that Sean and I talk about a lot with regard to the civilization that we live in, and how it's incredibly unhealthy and it's incredibly destructive, and that there's always going to be another patient. You know, you might get lucky, and one out of every twenty, you might be able to turn around. You know, which already in and of itself is disheartening enough because you're going to lose so many. But then, okay, then as fast as one is out and maybe going forward to be, you know, become healthy and productive and what have you, there's another one coming in. And so we're all, we're, we're, we're like the lay helpers, you know. Hopelessness. We're, right. And, and we liken it to this sort of um, uh, castle metaphor, you know, like the lay, help, lay helpers that stay behind uh, the castle wall to care for the, the injured and the sick. It's a tough job and we need them. But at the same time, so long as we're still under siege – you know, and and we're then there's always going to be more people that need that care. So it's like, also, what can I do to stop it at the source? How do I get upstream enough to find out the root cause of this? Because it's not just that that oh well, it's just those kids, it's just those families. It's, no, I mean, there's something going on. It's systemic, don't you think? It's bigger than just an isolated case after an isolated case. Yeah, and and we're becoming more isolated as a result of our social 
social media and, you know, into our technology. Technology is great. It's connecting us, but it's, for many it's things. separating us in many ways. Right. But I will, I will thank technology for helping us uh, with, with touching base with you. I mean, it's amazing that, that I can come across your, your awesome uh, site, your blog, and then, you know, what, like two days later, all of a sudden you're on the show, which, again, thank you so much, so much for being here and, and sharing some of your, your insight uh, about life and health and happiness. Um, uh, I, I think I can attest to what you just said and say, at least I feel a little bit more of a pep in my step. I feel like I got a little pick-me-up. Uh, talking to Sonia. Sean, I don't know about you. I feel healthier. Okay, well, that's what we're waiting to hear. Uh, so, awesome. So, so it's uh, it's lilpickmeup.com. And what was the TV junkie one? TVshowjunkie.com. TVshowjunkie.com. Awesome. They can go there. They can find out what you're up to. If they want to contact you and reach out, they can do that as well. And you're very good about that too, Sonia. You're getting back. I noticed you you commented back when people commented. You're very good about that as well. She Well, she walks the walk, Sean. She talks the talk and she walks the walk. So how about that? Uh, Sonia Estevio, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for, for coming on Upside Down, Tron. And uh, we'll look forward to when our paths cross again. And I'll make sure to uh, cross-link. I'll link this on the next blog. That's right, oh. you will. That's part of the contract. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, thanks. Thanks, thanks a Sonia. lot, Sonia. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye. bye. Pick me up, love. Pick me up, love. So, Sean, what are we going to do uh, ourselves to help take care of this? So, I have some suggestions for you. You can spend time feeling gratitude and thankfulness for something. You can reconnect with someone you love or care about. You can engage in anonymous and random acts of kindness. See the Auburn Pay It Forward page or, or create something like it. Engaging in service to others. Anything big or small will do. And this is for everybody. That's right. Read the book Flow. I talked about it before. It's Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience. But it's it, this book is very well written. And it has a wealth of information that can help us address our individual and collective health, the, both the micro and the macro. Sure. This Buddhist concept of dependent origination. And what it means is uh, a kidney is just a lump of cells if it's taken out of the body. It needs the body to have it serve its function as a kidney. Uh, and the body needs the kidney or else it can't function as a body. So that's dependent origination. Everything is part of a larger whole and every whole relies on parts. So, for your sake and for everybody else's, don't be a malignant cell in a collection of cells that make up a system. The health of our society depends on you, and your health depends on society. Take responsibility for your health, right? That's what I we're hate talking about. <laughs> I know you do, but you have to. You're in charge of you. Uh, this can mean anything from eating better quality foods, right? Getting more quality sleep, carving out much needed quality time for yourself to unwind and relax, doing something that brings you joy in a world that could frankly care less. And notice I said the word quality a few times just then. I know that's a little subjective, but quality is key in that, like, we're not talking about cheap, uh, fake, um, toxic. We're talking about something that's real, that has true value, true nutrients, you know, true whatever it is. Quality. Uh, it's kind of important to ensure a certain degree of excellence and all things health-related. I mean, we are talking about your health. This is the thing. I don't know if people, uh, some do, but your health, okay? If you don't have your health, you have nothing. Like everything else that you're like, well, I don't have time for it. I got to worry about that, that, that. All that is secondary if you get a cancer diagnosis. All that is secondary if you can't move. All that is secondary if uh, you're sick all the time. You know, everything else that, that you're using as, as, as a reason as to why maybe you don't want to focus on your health 
it's 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 a distraction. I mean, like really, truly, you have to take care of yourself first. Uh, you have to make time for it. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Try neglecting your health. See how far you get. You won't get far without wheezing. So get a flu shot. Eat an apple. Wash your hands. Sit up straight. Take the stairs and smile already. You deserve it. Sean, uh, would you like a win? Give me some sugar. Planned Parenthood cleared by Texas jury over videos and the activists are indicted. I believe it when I see it. Uh, This from Reuters, Austin, Texas, a few weeks ago. Uh, Texas grand jury has indicted two anti-abortion activists in a case involving covert videos on fetal tissue procurement talks with Planned Parenthood and found... There was no wrongdoing on the part of the health group, Planned Parenthood, a district attorney said on Monday. David Daladon and Sandra Merritt, the two activists that tried to set up a certain video to show it in a certain light to say as if, you know, Planned Parenthood is like trying to sell fetal tissue, which they're not. Um, But anyway, those two were indicted by the grand jury for tampering with a governmental record, said prosecutors for the county in which Houston is located. The two were involved in covert videos last year in which a discussion was held with a Planned Parenthood official on the procurement of fetal tissue. Deladon, one of the guys indicted, founder of the Center for Medical Progress, towards what, by the way, that <laughs> or, released the videos. Yeah, progress toward rolling back your rights as a woman. Uh, <laughs> progress toward the uterus is to blame for everything. Was also charged with violating a prohibition on the purchase of sale of human organs, a misdemeanor. The Harris County District Attorney said, the videos purported to show Planned Parenthood officials trying to negotiate prices for aborted fetal tissue. And under federal law, donated human fetal tissue may be used for research but profiting from the sale is prohibited. And that's exactly what Planned Parenthood does. They donate if given permission from the women that have allowed them to do that, but they do not profit from it. They can't then like create a secondary market and say, hey, I've got this aborted fetus. You want to run some experiments on it? 10,000. <laughs> they don't do that. Sounds fun. Yeah, and Texas. Oh, you know Texas would love to have found Planned Parenthood guilty. But they that's couldn't, right. and so therefore, all right. No wrongdoing on Planned Parenthood. And by the way, an indictment of the two douchebags. Well, all right, Texas. That's a win. And and congratulations, Planned Parenthood. Rest easy, but not too easy because somebody (laughs) might try to finish the job the court didn't didn't do and blow you up. So rest easy, but not too easy. Congratulations. Well, well, you know, that's the show. Bye-bye show. Sean, I don't think this was our worst show. It, it, with, with work, it will get better. Remember the Holy Trinity with a W. Think critically, feel deeply, and ask questions. For what purpose, to what end, and at what cost? It might just save your life. And remember, resistance is fertile. Before we go, here are some words to live by. Uh, it reminds me of my favorite poem, which is, um, Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm a schizophrenic. And so am I. (laughs) For Sean Namini, this is Scott Mullen saying, when life gets you down, always remember to look at the upside down trodden. We shall drink to our health. I don't eat no meat, no dairy, no sweets. Only ripe vegetables, fresh fruit and whole wheat. I'm from the old school. My household smell like soul food, bruh. Curry falafel, barbecue tofu. No fish, though, no candy bars, no cigarettes. Only ganja, fresh squeezed juice from oranges. Exercising daily to stay healthy. And I rarely drink water out the tap because it's filthy. Lentil soup is mental fruit and ginger root is good for the use. Fresh vegetable with them eyes. Has to 
sweet yam fries with the green hallelujah. Careful how you season and prepare your foods, cause you don't wanna lose vitamins and minerals, and that's the jewel. Life brings life, it's valuable. So I eat what come from the ground, it's natural. Let your food be your medicine, no accelerant. Strictly herb generates from the sun, cause I got melanin and drink water. Eight glasses a day. Cause that's what they say. <laughs> they say you are what you eat. So I strive to eat healthy. My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy. Cause true wealth comes from good health and wise ways. We gotta start taking better care of ourselves. They say you are what you eat. So I strive to eat healthy. My goal in life is not to be rich or wealthy. Cause true wealth.